God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Child. Child. What is going on in your world? Do you know what time it is? It is time for the Woman Evolve podcast. I am Sarah Jakes Robertson. I am your host for today, but I am not being joined by myself. That's right. As I am speaking, I am live on Facebook where literally hundreds of some of my closest friends are going to come together and we are going to sit and have some girl time. If you've been listening, you know that this is that time of the week where we just get to say, sis, child, how are you doing? What is your life about? Let me tell you something. I got all kinds of friends, but there is nothing like the Woman Evolved delegation. Literally, we are worldwide. We tune in from all over. As I am speaking, I see Adele is in the building, not the singer, but hey, girl, how you doing? Rachel is in the building. Marissa is in the building. Child, Jacksonville, Florida just logged in. South Africa is in the building. Come on, somebody. We are back in the closet because your girl is in Los Angeles. And guess what? There is nowhere quiet. So, yes, I am recording recording in my closet, but that's all right. That ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. District of Columbia is in the spot. I see Nola. Can you send me some oysters if you gonna listen? Danielle Matthews from Nola, can you send me some oysters? Because that's how you should welcome your sis, okay? Orlando, Florida just logged in. Listen, how have you been doing? What is your life about? Let me tell you something. Last week, we had quite the podcast. My sister, Cora Brian joined us and wow okay wow that's all I'm going to say my sister is quite the character so if that was your first time listening and um you were offended I apologize um if it was your first time listening and interacting with her and you were blessed praise the lord um listen all I know is that here at the woman evolved delegation we take our girl time very seriously and coco was quite the guest. Now, Cora and Mackenzie are both being asked to run for president, which is just, wow, quite a reflection of the state of the country. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Listen, uh, since then, we had our Woman Thou Art Loose conference, Woman Thou Art Loose masterclass, to be specific, in Dallas, Texas. And it was quite the experience. I I just, was my I spoke Friday night My father spoke Thursday night. My sister spoke Friday morning. And there were so many incredible, incredible guest speakers there. Um, You know, speaking for me, I think there's something that you all should know. So, like, speaking is like, like, I know that I am a pastor and I speak. But speaking is literally like the most vulnerable moment for me ever. I am like completely out of my element, completely dependent on God. And this year I've had a lot of speaking where it was just like, you know, just like your girl was just out here. And Woman Thou Art Loose Masterclass was no different. You know, I'm always honored to speak, but I'm always nervous and, you know, God moved and that that was amazing. Um, 
I was nervous. And um, when it was over, I just felt so empty. I think sometimes we put so much pressure and nerves and anxiety into one moment that when that moment has come and gone, like you just feel so empty. And I think so the last few days I've just been kind of like restoring and like centering myself. I uh, logged off of social media to just like take a minute. Can I tell y'all something like, um, you know, over the last few weeks, I've had videos go, I guess what you would call viral. And with that level of exposure, like here's, okay, here's the problem. I really think that like, I know the people who follow me and like, we just kicking it and we just girlfriends and everybody is just out here trying to be inspired and live their best life. And what going viral has taught me is that it just exposes you to so many different people and so many different thoughts and beliefs and, um, you know, and doing that when you are vulnerable in your purpose, just allows yourself to be open to all different thoughts and opinions. And so I just needed a minute off of social media to get my life together. But One Without Loose was great. And I posted my clip and I logged off so I could just figure out who I am again. You know what I mean? Every now and then it's a word. Are you ready? It's a whole word. Every now and then you just have to figure out who I am again. You know, I had a certain level of exposure. That exposure, like, multiplied by so much like in a short period of time and when your perception in the public changes and you're not aware of that shift then you can just feel lost when you receive a lot of different like comments and feedbacks and so I was like wait a minute I need to figure out who I am again in the world so that I can be anchored I was telling a friend of mine that I had to decide to like not build a wall because building a wall um, suggests like too much, like being guarded too much. But I do think like with every level of exposure that we have a responsibility to reconstruct our boundaries and to reconstruct our gates and to reconstruct our patterns. And what worked on a previous level may not work on the next level. And so I needed to take a minute on this new level to figure out what boundaries, what social media, what interaction looks like. Like for me, and that's what I've been doing the last few days. So, yes, child, that's me. South Africa's in the building. Someone wanted to know, did I have to slay each and every look? Here's the thing. You know, yes, because, listen, you just got to, all right? I don't know. You got to bring your best foot forward, okay? Oh, Imani says, woman that were loose was my first time hearing you preach live and just wow. First of all, you guys have to know, like, I know Imani. We go way back, like throwback. And so, listen, that is you know, phenomenal. It's always dope when people, like, I had a girl who was at Woman Thou Art Loose who used to read my blog, like, in 2010, 2011. And so she knows, like, it's like she knows when I'm up there, it ain't nothing but God, okay? So, yes. Um, Let's see. What's going on in the world? Deja says, will your message be on Woman Evolve TV? Yes, ma'am. It is going up this week. You will be able to see the full message from Woman Thou Art Loose there on Woman Evolve TV. Uh, Regina is answering a very important important question. And that is that she's minding her own business. If you're listening for the first time, that's so important to us. We want to know whether or not you are minding your business and drinking your water. Are you staying hydrated around this thing? Okay. Are you minding your business? These are all pivotal questions to the delegation. Catherine says, eating onion rings right now. You better live your best life. I don't have an onion ring. Min- I don't have an onion ministry, nor do I have an onion ring ministry, but that's all right because you have that ministry for me. 
Let's see, Harriet says, Woman Thou Art Loose Master was awesome, and you did a great. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Um, we got child t-shirts made for Woman Thou Art Loose, and they sold out so quickly. I'm having some more made, but that was dope. What's up, y'all? Ciao. Okay. Um, what's up? What have you been doing in your life? Are you all working out? Let me tell you, your girl ain't been to a gym, okay? She ain't seen a gym, okay? Like, Tomorrow, I'm going to Orange Theory. But let me tell you something. After One Thou Art Loose, I came home uh, on Saturday night. My husband and I went to a dinner party. Christine came, preached at our church on Sunday, which allowed us an opportunity to just kind of regroup and recover. And Monday, I woke up, I took my baby to school, and I came right on back home, okay? Because I don't, I'm tired, okay? I'm tired. That's what I am. What's going on with you? That's what I want to know. Um, Desi Jones says she's been minding her business and perming her petty, which means that she is going to graduate from the delegation like summa cum laude, because that is how you live your best life. Um, okay. So listen, if you don't listen to the podcast, get your life. Okay. In a minute, we're about to get into some of our favorite segments where we cover hot topics and current events. Erica Venice does have a praise report, though, and it is important that we acknowledge praise reports when they come in. She says, thanks to the delegation, I'm edging some Chick-fil-A and I'm eating some Chick-fil-A and you already know I'm having that spicy chicken with the pepper jack and some bacon because let me tell you how the Lord blesses Chick-fil-A. I had a friend of mine, Jamie Washington, who writes the show descriptions, who went to Chick-fil-A and got that sandwich the way that I make it and her life was changed. I don't know if that's factual, but I just believe in the spirit realm that her life was changed. She told me it was delicious. For those of you who don't know, this is what your girl does. She goes to Chick-fil-A. I order a spicy chicken meal. I ask them to add pepper jack cheese and bacon. You can keep the pickles or not keep the pickles. It's your life. But you want to get that bacon and you want to get that pepper jack cheese. And then you know what you want to do. You want Chick-fil-A and Polynesian sauce. If you want to be extra, you want to take both of those sauces and pour them onto the sandwich. And if you want to be real extra, like life has been real hard and you really need to eat your feelings, put a French fry on that sandwich. Maybe life hasn't been that challenging and that's all right. Get you a fruit cup instead of French fries or dip your french fries instead. Either way, let the Lord use you at Chick-fil-A. That's what I'm saying, okay? Okay. Nicole uh, Taylor says, carbs are winning, but I'm minding my business, though, sis. Sometimes you can't hit them all at the same time. And that's what I told y'all. I tried to tell y'all the week on the podcast, not last week, but the week before then, I give up. I'm stressed. I'm tired. And the idea of you got to get up and you got to go to the gym and you need to drink your protein shake and don't eat potatoes, like that's stressing me out in an already stressful season of, season of my life. And I don't have time for it. So I've been off of it. And I have to tell you, my weight has actually decreased. And I think it is decreasing because I have not been stressed. Because stress, I need to Google stress. Stress is out here ruining lives. Stress be making you hold on to weight. So I have to make some decisions, okay? Lorley says, I'm on keto and I am not a human and I'm not a nice human to be around because that's what keto does to you. You be snatched, but you be hungry, okay? Keisha is giving a shout out to my wig. Thank you, Saints. Thank you. This was a middle part wig, um, but I switched it at Woman Thou Art Loose because God is faithful and he can move and shift in any season. Amen. Just like this wig. What else is going on in your world? Before we get into Rescue Eve, Karen says she's drinking her water with infused cranberries, lemon, cucumbers, and lime. That's not like juice, girl. That's delicious. I'm going to find that. I'm going to find me some. Okay. 
Adele says, when I start eating chicken again later in life, I'm getting this because you make it sound so good. I'm a pescatarian. It's been a girl. Eat your fish, girl. Don't let me don't let me ruin your life. Only take my advice on Chick-fil-A if you eat Chick-fil-A already. I don't want to be responsible for y'all going to Chick-fil-A and ruining your diets and stuff. Let me tell you something. Jocelyn Henry, you're, you're operating in the prophetic. Jocelyn says, child, I just ate an Oreo and forever encouraging people, by the way, I live to join Mind Your Business Ministry. Let me tell you, I don't use usually eat Oreos because the way my life is set up, I like soft cookies. I don't like hard cookies. Life is hard enough. I don't really do hard cookies. But last night I was cooking and I saw an Oreo in the pantry and I said, let me see what this Oreo is talking about. It changed my life. I I didn't even know the Oreos were out here being amazing. Um, So yes, I'm out here just promoting unhealthy things, but that's all right. That's all right. That's fine. I'm being real about it. Okay. So listen, Rescue Eve. Do y'all know what Rescue Eve is? Rescue Eve is when we take a look at what's going on in the headlines and culture and decide to look at stories from a different angle. A lot of times when looking at these stories, we can be a bit judgmental. And on our high horse and here at the Woman Evolved Delegation, we want to be empathetic. We want to show grace and love and mercy. And so we take stories of people who are kind of being judged and decide to look at things from a different angle. And we say that we're going to rescue them. Okay. Okay, so my first rescue for this week, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? This rescue was in my timeline. I went onto the Shade Room's website. I'm sorry. First of all, people want to rescue the Shade Room. Can we start there? People want to rescue the Shade Room because people believe that, okay, let me rewind. Let me start over. Okay. So the Shade Room has done this thing where they're having church services on Sunday and the saints are mad because the Shade Room is shady and they don't think that the shade and the gospel should be in their mix together. And this is all I want to say. And I know why I understand why y'all saying this, right? Because it can be shady. When I get posted on the Shade Room, I cover my eyes and keep it pushing because I already know that the comment section is going to get lit. But this is what I'm saying. Um, when I saw that they were going to start have churching, church services, I thought it was nice. Is that? I don't know. I thought it was nice. I thought to myself, you know what, self, they're trying. I remember when XO Nicole, formerly known as Nicole Dog, um, female dog, Do y'all remember Nicole Female Dog? Okay, so she changed her whole brand from being a gossip blog to uh, one of inspiration and empowering women because she just couldn't deal with the who she had to become in order to constantly post that information. And so when I saw the shade room, though it wasn't exactly you know the place where I thought that I would find that, I also thought it was pretty dope. There's a lot of people who follow me who would not have been following me had it not been for the shade room. And though they were on there for one reason, like they found my message or found a video that inspired them. And so I don't know. I thought it was dope. I know people, people just don't, people just don't do the shade room and that's all right. But I just want to know, can they be rescued? 
Keisha says Shade Room is my CNN. I know. And unfortunately, Keisha, people would have us to believe that that's raggedy. And I just want you to know that they, too, are also my CNN. Because here's the thing. You know, between Fox News and CNN and MSNBC and all of the times and stuff, I don't know who to believe, okay? I don't know what's going on in the world. You know, they put one thing on one thing. They put something else. But you know what? When I be on the Shade Room, I just, I just like, it's shady, but I, I think it's some truth in it. I don't know. Bridget says, what kind of church? services are these like for real church they've got a pastor who gets on live on Sundays and they have church service I don't know Crystal says yeah that's kind of mixy but we must spread the truth of Jesus to all I just want to know like can we rescue them Dominique says why the saints may get the word out to the people and Joy White says sometimes rebranding is necessary I just want to know can they be rescued because like they trying okay they trying and we got to at least apply the try oh Francesca says, woo, that comment section, the people in the comments need rest. The comment sections, like, I guess the shade room, what they post maybe wouldn't be so bad, but the comments just be so terrible, you know, just awful. Okay, but that's all. I, I just wanted to know if we could rescue them. My team is not answering me, so I don't know whether or not we're down for rescuing them, but this is what I do want to say. Um, Kimberly wants to know, are they preaching Jesus? His name is Reverend something. I ain't seen it. I don't know. I can't vouch for what they preaching. But I do know that the owner of the Shade Room, Angelica, is a Christian. So my assumption is that they are preaching Jesus. I should have checked that before trying to rescue him. Um, but that's all right. We're going to move on because my next news story, though, is from the Shade Room. And we thank them because we're using their platform to help us with these rescues. Number one, Jada Pinkett Smith. Have y'all seen Red Table Talk? It's amazing. I love love the concept of Red Table Talk. If you haven't seen it, it is on Facebook. Uh, I do want to chime in just as Atisa says, we can rescue them, not the jet though, just floaties. That's all they need. That's all they need is some floaties and they can swim. While they swim and it'll burn some of the petty away. Amen. Okay. So J.D. Pinkett Smith was in the shade room. Well, she wasn't like in the shade room. The shade room posted a story about Jada Pinkett Smith, and it's basically talking about her show Red Table Talk. And in it, her and her husband share so much about their marriage. I have not seen the full episode, but I've seen clips of it. And there was a part of it that really stood out that I think is making people uncomfortable. And I just wanted to know if the delegation would consider rescue them, rescuing them. Jada Pinkett Smith says that she does not like to call her husband, her spouse, husband. She says that she prefers to use the word life partner, that she just doesn't believe in the social construct of husband and wife and the traditional norms attached to those things. So instead, she calls him life partner. I thought that this was really intriguing. I have to tell you something. I was reading a book and in the book, instead of the husband and wife saying, I love you, they say, you're my favorite person ever. And I thought that was really cute because I just thought to myself, how much different would I see my husband if every day, instead of saying, I love you, or in addition to saying, I love you, I said, you're my favorite person ever. Like, just imagine the heart posture that you would be in if you said that to, you know, your family or specifically your spouse. And so this idea of life partner instead of husband, I just thought that it wasn't as bad as people were making it. Now, I know that there's a lot of stuff that people have said about their marriage. And because I strongly believe in Mind Your Business Ministries, I'm only going to go off of what she put out as her business. So what I am going to say, though, is that 
for me as a wife, like, of course, I'm going to continue to call my husband my husband. But the idea of he's also my life partner, like, child, if we was growing up in church and in the world, and instead of everyone talking about get married so you can have a husband, they started saying get married so that you can have a life partner. Wouldn't you be looking at these raggedy people a little bit different? Like, you're not just going to be my husband and, you know, what I think that means, but you're going to be my life partner. Do you know how many divorces? I wouldn't have had one. Do you know how many people would have just been like, you are going to be my life partner? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, um, Shakitra says, I think it depends on what she means by life partner. She says that she just wasn't down with like just what, I think historically, especially at the, I mean, they've been married for a while. I think that the roles of husband and wife are changing as women become more educated and, you know, more active in the corporate fields and entrepreneurs, that it's not just this traditional idea of have the dinner on the table for me when I get home. And so she found in her life that saying life partner was, you know, it worked for them. I don't know. I just, I just, I thought that, I thought that they should be rescued. People were all upset about it, you know, and that's not how you call your husband and stuff. And I don't know. I don't know. I didn't think it was that bad. Um, Camry says, I love the episode. Jada has always expressed not adhering to certain social traditions. Makes sense to me why she doesn't care for the societal term. Either way, she's expressing love to her husband. As long as it's positive, who cares? That's what I think. Shanika Knight says we can rescue them. The term husband and wife can have a negative undertone. Be like, I'm just telling you, if people instead were like, you know, I, if people were like, I, I don't, I'm not just looking for a husband. I'm looking for a life partner. I just think it would change your mindset, your paradigm. Imani says rescue. As long as they have been married, she can call him whatever she wants. It's a whole word. Uh, Taniqua says, many women put themselves on the back burner so the man can flourish. It was killing her until she said how she felt. We have to learn to say what we feel when we feel it. Um, Rashada, I want to go to lunch with you. Rashada says, call him zaddy. I don't care as long as we're faithful down for each other and growing in God. I think so too. I, I, I don't know. I think we're all on the same page about this because I really do don't think there's anything wrong with it. Uh, Shanika says that's very interesting. It's a fresh perspective like that. It places more value on their union. I say rescue them. What up? Janae says rescue them. Fill up the jet. We send in the jet for y'all. Okay. We break in the bank. Bridget said, yes, it's a yes for me. Rescue her. I really do think, honestly, like I think that you should consider not just saying my husband, but at least attaching husband to life partner attaching I love you to my favorite person ever. And I don't think there's anything wrong with just like constantly seeing your spouse as someone who you're partnering with in life. I don't know. I thought it was dope. Um, All right. But it sounds like the delegation is down for rescue them. Damala says, I just don't understand why marriage can't be what you want it to versus what society says. That's a lot of people's thing. A lot of people's issue. Like, I, I mean, my husband and I have a traditional marriage in that we're like husband and wife, but I don't think that like, first of all, like what, what is traditional marriage? Like this whole idea of we work from nine to five and the wife stays at home or we both work nine to five and we're supposed to have babies in the first year. Like, what is that? Like that works for some people and that doesn't work for other people. Like me and my husband are a blended family. We have six children and one house, 
Five of those children we had before we were uh, together. We have one child together. Like in my estimation, there's nothing traditional about our marriage. We're both pastors. We're both like, like there's nothing traditional about our relationship, but yet we have found a way to make it work for us. And I think this idea of us telling people how they need to be connected um, to their spouse, like I think that's whack now for all of that. Y'all know what I need to work on. I do so well at being like eloquent and just like saying the right things. And then at the end, I just be like, and it's whack. Anywho, Nicole Hall says, absolutely rescue them. The term life partner is literally accurate if you're honoring your vows till death do us part. And that's exactly what she says. She's like, it is still till death do us part, but that's my life partner. I thought it was cool. Catherine Quarterman says, Will and Jada mind their own business. Maybe if others did, they'd be married just as they do. It does seem like they, that like their mind, their business game is strong. And for as long as they've been married, they're just now beginning to have conversations about their marriage. So yes, that's what's up. Uh, Deidre Johnson says, we can send them a yacht. Deidre is rich, okay? Deidre, I knew we had a jet, but when did the delegation get a yacht? How many people can fit on the, Our yacht needs to be a cruise ship, okay? That's what I think. So it sounds like we can rescue them. I'm I'm here for that. We're sending the helicopter and the yacht and the jet to rescue them. My next story, my next rescue is a nine-year-old boy. I'm kind of interested to hear what you all are going to think about this. The nine-year-old boy who was wrongfully accused of sexually assaulting a woman known as Cornerstone Caroline says he does not forgive her. Now, listen, if you haven't heard the story, the little boy is in a little corner store and he walks past a lady. His backpack brushes against the lady. The lady calls the police and says that she's just been sexually assaulted by a nine-year-old. And ultimately, we find out on the video that it was his backpack and the lady obviously got dragged. Now, people are upset because the nine-year-old boy doesn't want to forgive her. Now, let me tell y'all something. This stuff in the news where we, you know, see people go through horrific tragedy and like the very next day they're like, I forgive them. Like, where do y'all drink that Kool-Aid at? Because my thing is this, if you do anything to my children, and sometimes I've seen people who like have literally like their child has been murdered and granted I'm speaking ignorantly, but the very next day they're like, that's that's all right, I forgive the person. What kind of Jesus do y'all serve where y'all forgive people overnight? I want some. I'm not judging. I want some because you tried against me. You tried against my family. My forgiveness is slow. Let me, my forgive, how slow is my forgiveness? My forgiveness is like not just molasses slow. My forgiveness is quicksand slow. My forgiveness is slower than I just, a tortoise. I mean, it. it I just can't. Do y'all know how long it takes me to forgive? It took me 12 years to forgive myself, okay, for having a child as a teenager. So talking about forgiving somebody else, you in trouble, what kind of, I was glad that the little boy didn't want to forgive her. You take your time. You process what happened to you. And then when you do decide to forgive, let it be real. But y'all's exes be out here tripping 
and going wild and crazy on y'all. And then y'all be like, but I forgive him. How sway? How do you forgive him? Do you know what forgiveness is? Forgiveness is a process. And the next day y'all done been unforgave. No, I want to forgive. This is what I tell you. I want to forgive, but I ain't there yet. Okay. I ain't, I'm not there. And to act like this little boy need to just, he's nine years old. He doesn't want to forgive her yet. And he doesn't have to. Now his parents will help us, you know, work things out and get him to a place where he can't forgive. But if he don't want to forgive, he don't have to forgive. What is wrong with y'all? I don't know. My forgiveness is slow. What What do y'all think? Trisha says, I did because it won't bring my son back. I, I, I think I agree with you. I just, I don't, I, I'm glad you forgave. I am. I'm glad you forgave. I'm so, I just don't know how you were able to do it. I guess that's my thing. I don't know how you were able to forgive. Now, I'm wondering if my Facebook Live just ended because I was being petty and didn't want to forgive. Do y'all think it's possible that Jesus made me cut, that he cut the Facebook Live off because I wouldn't forgive? I just, here's the thing. I just, I don't think there's anything wrong with forgiveness. And I think that though, once again, I'm speaking ignorantly, but all I'm saying is like how I just, don't know how it happens. And this nine-year-old boy who ended up not wanting to forgive, I just, I don't think it's, can we rescue him? That's all I want to know is, can we rescue the nine-year-old boy who's not ready to forgive the woman who accused him of sexually assaulting her in a cornerstone? It takes time. And I just, he just don't have that overnight forgiveness. And let me tell you something. I'm praying for all of us right now that God would grace us with overnight forgiveness. Um, That's, I mean, that's all I can pray. I just, I don't know if I'm mature enough for that. I don't, I'm, I, it took me a long time to forgive y'all for using season salt on your eggs. Um, so y'all know I'm going to be in trouble. Tiffany says, yes, let's rescue him. Carly says, we sending him the yacht though. Jada and Will got it. You right. You right. Um, Kimberly says, is this where the podcast comes from? Child? Yes, child. This is where the podcast comes from. Uh, Brittany Sweat says, yes. And while we rescue him, we can put pause on the accuser. We, child, we, we don't, we can't, no, no, Brittany. We can't put pause on the saints. Uh, Chandra Gray says, he changed his mind and did forgive her later. I'm not there yet. We can send him a robo. I'm glad to know that he changed his mind, but it sounds like he took his time now. Imani says, we can rescue him. Kimberly says, we're going to send him the yacht. Sadrina says, yes, we can rescue him because he's nine years old and he's seeing so much violence on our black men and women so he can have the time to process what happened. I really do. Like I have seen, let me tell y'all, I have a word for y'all. I have seen so many women come out of toxic relationships and like the very next day or a couple days later, they're like determined to be friends with the person they broke up with. And like, here's the thing, like you can't go from being in a toxic relationship to then trying to be friends with the person who you created poison with. Notice I didn't say that that person put poison in you because you create poison with someone in a toxic relationship. Having said that, like, I really do think that we have a responsibility to be willing to take our time. 
just because you know where you want to land doesn't mean that you have to force yourself to be there before you're ready. When it's all said and done, I want to forgive. When it's all said and done, I want to move forward. When it's all said and done, I will be okay, but I am not there yet. And if you rob yourself from the ability to say that I'm not there yet, then you force yourself to be where you aren't. And I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's hot. Forgiveness, Ruthie says, forgiveness is painful and it's intentional and conscious. Ain't nobody doing it overnight. Yes, we are rescuing. He has to heal first, but he can forgive before he can forgive anybody. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right. So we're going to rescue him for not wanting to be bothered with forgiveness right now so soon. Now, a year from now, we're going to want him to be a little bit further along down the road. Okay. Lavandra says, yes, I'm a witness to that. Tried to be okay with the ex-husband who abused me and it was not a good idea. It's just not. And I think because we are so busy trying to prove we are okay, that we never have a moment to say, I'm not okay. And this is what's wrong with me. And this is what I need to focus on. And I need perspective. I think forgive at its core is about perspective. Because when you have a perspective, when you are in any situation that it should have gone differently, and that situation goes against what you expected, then you need a new perspective about what occurred. And most of the time when it involves other people, it means that you have to release them from the expectation that they would meet an idea or a standard in your mind. And when you release them from that expectation, then we are in uh, in the process of being able to forgive them. We're in the position to really create a level of healing. But that can't happen unless we have the opportunity to say, ouch, okay? Quatichi says, he's like, I'm not here for that right now. He earned a rescue. Come on, somebody. There is a commercial. Tina says, have you seen the funny infomercial Niecy Nash did for white people? It's called White Fear. It's a real number white people call when they get scared. of. It's a real number? Is that true? I'm going to call. Um, I have white people who listen to this podcast, and some of them have never been afraid of black people in their life. Others are reading this story and realizing that, you know, there's some things out here going on in the world. And hopefully it just gives them an opportunity to check their perspectives. Shandra Gray says, we have to keep it real. Jesus helped that baby heal. I think he forgave her because he knew Jesus wanted him to. Yes, I th- yes, I, I did read in the comments that he changed his mind. So I think that's dope. So, okay, listen. We've rescued Will and Jada. We've rescued the nine-year-old boy who was wrongly accused of sexual assault and didn't want to forgive. My next rescue that I would like to submit to the delegation. Delegation, can you all consider? Now, let me tell y'all something. All while I'm doing this podcast, I see comments after comments after comments where people want to rescue Rondo and Chris Paul after their fight on the court. But here's, this is what I want to say. Um... I want y'all to know that my NBA ministry hasn't gotten off the ground yet. I have not gotten my paperwork uh, approved. I don't have a board of directors. Um, I just, I just don't, I just don't have that together right now. Having said that, I thought about rescuing who, 
who was I going to rescue, though? You know what I mean? Because I don't even know what happened. Now, I heard that Chris Paul and the Rondo gentleman, Elder Rondo, I heard that his wife and Chris Paul's wife got into a fight. And, like, who, what I'm going to rescue? I don't know. I don't even know what happened. So I don't even know what to tell y'all. If y'all want to tell me what happened while I'm sitting here trying to get the story together, I got you. But until then, we're going to move on to the next rescue. And the next rescue is my friend in my head. Her name is Carrie Underwood. Let me tell you when Carrie Underwood became my friend in my head. When she said that she took the baseball bat and, you know, and I drove his... Maybe next time he'll think before he cheat. That song right there, what's the name of it? What's the name of that song? It was basically on some Jasmine Sullivan, Break the Window Out Your Car kind of thing. Do y'all remember that song? And I drove my dun dun before he cheats. Y'all love when I sing? Is that what y'all like? I can't. I'm Googling because I want to know. I dug my key into the side of his pretty little souped-up four-wheel drive. Okay, thank you, Google. Carved my name into his leather seat. When she put that song out, I said, she's a gangster. And Carrie Underwood and I have been friends ever since. Um, I think she also has a Jesus Take a Wheel song, which means it shows evolution. Woman evolved. Come on, somebody. Carrie Underwood went from digging her key into the side of the car to Jesus Take the Wheel. And if that ain't the testimony of my life, then I don't know what is, okay? And so Carrie Underwood is my friend in my head. And let me tell y'all something. Y'all can't drag her ever. So when I saw this story that Carrie Underwood was under fire, I had to go on and try and rescue her. Carrie Underwood is getting mom shamed for wearing makeup to her son's soccer game. Contrary to what social media may believe, there's no right or wrong time or place to wear makeup. So Carrie Underwood posts a picture of her at her son's football game and the caption's like, officially a soccer mom this morning. It's chilly, but I'm staying warm, rocking something. Oh, she got a clothing line. Come on, somebody, and bless him. So here's the thing. Why y'all mad that she got on makeup at the soccer game? How? Who? What? What? Business of it? Why would we even be? Why? What is wrong? She... Listen, if she want to put on makeup, first of all, she's Carrie Underwood. And if she would have been out there without no makeup, I don't know what she looked like without makeup on, but maybe she maybe she not ready for y'all to see her. Y'all would have been taking pictures and selling them to TMZ. First of all, I want y'all to stop mom shaming folks because, listen, just like that husband and wife stuff, it's all different kinds of way to be a mama. And we got to mind our business in these streets because, Jesus, what? Why? Why? Tina says she can be great at the game. Dang, people are petty. Karina says she's not allowed to maintain baddie status. The devil is a liar. Let me tell you something. By hook or by crook, I don't care how many people live in this house and how many people have lived inside of me. I'm going to be putting my best face forward, even if I need to buy it and smear it on my face before going there. She wants to look like y'all ain't going to be asking her for pictures at the soccer game. First of all, it seemed like it was the baby's first soccer game. She want to go and support him, but she also know that people petty and like to take pictures. And I don't think it was nothing wrong with that. Tisa says, this is where folks got to mind. Their- this is where folks got to mind their business. What, who even, my, you know what, you know what it is, though. Let me tell you what it is. I didn't got a revelation. The saints be jealous, you, you know, and I don't like to be one of them people that say people jealous all the time. But like when you are constantly looking for something wrong with someone else, it is usually a reflection of how you see your own 
yourself. And so it makes it easier for you to pick out flaws in other people. I am preaching from the choir, not from the outside, okay? I'm preaching from in the club, not outside the club, because I've been in that club and I know what it's like. And all I'm saying is this, if that girl want to wear, if she want to wear makeup to her child's game, she, do you know how many people wear makeup just getting ready to push a baby out? Like, that's what they want to do. Get out of people's pores. Get out of people's uterus and get out of people's pores, okay? That's what we can do in this season, all 2018, okay? Shauna says, I mean, I got my makeup done at Macy's and my face was still beat the next day. I'm just saying I'm supposed to take it off before I go to the Waffle House. Um, The devil is a lie. He is a lie. All he does is lie. I don't, I didn't understand it. And I'm telling y'all, y'all gonna leave Carrie Underwood alone. Naya Reeves, she must have been saying it the same time I was saying it. She says, the saints are jealous. We need to rescue the saints from being jealous. We do need to rescue the saints from being jealous. Jaleesa says, makeup, wig, grip, fresh lashes, and edges on flea. I need to really get better at laying my edges. I don't lay my edges the way I need to. And sometimes y'all post videos and I do a head toss and my edges be raggedy. But that's all right. That's not what we're talking about. What I'm saying is this. We need to leave her alone. We need to stay out of people's pores. And we need to stay out of the saint's uterus. That's all I ask of us in this season, okay? Um, LaVondra Johnson wants to know, is it just her or every time I say the saints, she thinks that I'm talking about the New Orleans saints. I guess it's my New Orleans thing. I don't know. You probably right though. It's probably the New Orleans thing. Maybe. I don't know. Jamie Sportsman says, best remedy for jealousy, celebrate them people. Let me tell you something. The best remedy, I'm going to just repeat it because you know that's when it's good. You know when somebody didn't say something good when you just repeat what they say. The best remedy for jealousy is celebrating the people you're jealous of. It is. It is an incredible remedy because um, people be jealous. And when, okay, when people are jealous it creates something within you that makes you bitter and upset. You know what it does? It hurts you. All right, here we go. When people be jealous, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to use correct English. When people exhibit a level of jealousy directed towards your existence, it can be quite painful because you are just living authentically your best life and you never expected that there would be any protest towards that exhibition of your authenticity. And when that occurs, it can be quite challenging to process that information. But at the root of the disappointment and jealousy is that one is actually hurt. And we must identify those feelings as hurt Otherwise, we will become the very people who we are in opposition with. We will become bitter. We will become distrusting. We will become um, guarded in our interactions with other people. Therefore, I implore you, those of you who often find yourself in situations where people display jealousy towards you, to take a moment and assess the hurt that that jealousy has caused you and then decide, choose to see that that person is living in the weakest version of themselves, but that Jesus came, that they may be free and free indeed. Wow. That was really good. That was really good. That was my best. Did y'all hear that? That was all I had. Okay. Um, that, that was, I hope y'all save that and keep that. So 
Takari says, can you go back to the forgiveness so it's okay not to forgive right away? Takari, okay, if you are legitimately, okay, and then, all right, because I'm going backwards and then that's how this podcast ended up being 3,000 years long. But this is what I'm going to say. If you are in a place legitimately where you are able to forgive right away, then I think certainly you need to forgive. But if you are not in a place where you are able to forgive right away, I think that you should know that forgiveness is my ultimate goal. So my goal is to get to forgiveness. Right now, I'm still in hurt. Right now, I'm still in bitterness and unforgiveness. But what I know is that I cannot stay here. Listen to that song, Dave and Nicole Binion. The album is Dwell. Dwell. It's called I Can't Stay Here. I cannot stay here. So I need to start moving towards forgiveness, but I am not going to force my bitterness and unforgiveness to put on the mask called forgiveness, to put on the mask that says I'm okay when in actuality, when all actuality is still there. What I'm going to do is assess the damage, assess the disappointment, release that person from those expectations, and then move forward so that I can be free. That's it. Okay. Chandra Gray was, she's proud of me for enunciating my words. She says, girl, you are enunciating those words. I tried, okay? That was my best, that was my corporate, my, that was my best corporate read on, what was we talking about? On jealousy. That was the best corporate I had on jealousy. Imani says, genuine forgiveness takes time, especially when the hurt is deep. Yes, it does, Okay. Jamie says, forgiveness is usually not a feeling, it's a choice. When I begin to choose forgiveness, my feelings begin to catch up. That is so, so rich. Yes, you have to choose forgiveness. And and yes, your feelings do have to catch up, but you have to know when your feelings aren't there yet. But I think a lot of times where people become bitter is because they don't choose forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't their end goal. And so all they know for sure is I'm hurt. You broke me. I'm upset. And I don't have any other vision for my feelings besides the reality of how I feel. It's a word. I feel a word coming. You have to have a vision for where you're headed, even when you are in the reality of where you are. Otherwise, you will be confined to that reality when ultimately God has called us to grow and to evolve. And so the vision that I have for my life mandates that I look beyond my present reality and reach, okay, press towards the mark of the higher. I have to think higher of this situation than what I currently think. Right now, I feel abandoned. Right now, I feel rejected. Right now, I feel abused. But ultimately, I'm pressing towards something. And it is a press, okay? It ain't always easy, but it is a press. Okay, that's it. All right, that's all I'm saying. Forgiveness is the choice. Okay, child. So that was Rescue Eve. And just for the record, we rescued everyone. And we were all friends at the end of the rescue. So I'm excited about moving on to Hail Mary. Hail Mary is when we take a moment and just thank God for people who are doing incredible things. A lot of times this can be in the news, of course, but it can be in pop culture. It can be regular people who have made it to the headlines. And that's what these Hail Marys are about today. I saw this Hail Mary story and once again, I thought, wow, people are out here really just looking like the Lord. There was a Houston dad who confronted a bully for bullying his son. A father from Houston recently chose compassion over anger when he sat down for a heart-to-heart with his son's accused bully 
And let's just say it was a life-changing experience for everyone involved. Ambry Fontenot shared the experience on Instagram. He revealed that his eight-year-old son Jordan was getting bullied, but his school wouldn't do anything about it. So he took matters into his own hands by having a heartfelt conversation with the boy and found out he was homeless. I decided to spend some time with my son's school bully yesterday just to dig a little deeper on why. Comes to find out he was being bullied for not having clean clothes and clean shoes. Once again, I asked why, just to find out that his family had fell on hard times and is currently homeless. Let me tell you something. If this ain't a word, I don't know what is a word. Because first of all, there's got to be something in him that thought, I'm going to go talk to this bully. And if necessary, I will get on my knees so that we can be the same level. But I might have to get him in the throat a little bit. I don't know if this is factual. I'm just saying, allegedly, that this is how some people would handle it. I'm going to run up on the boy. If the boy got an attitude, the boy say something disrespectful to me. I'm getting on my knees. That way I can make the fight fair. And I'm going to just see what these hands talking about. Instead, the boy, the man realized in talking to him that there was a deeper situation going on at play. And I just wanted to give him a Hail Mary. One, for being so involved in his child's life that he actually took matters into his own hands and that he did so responsibly. I thought that this was an incredible story. Catherine Quarterman says, my son is getting bullied. I get it. I'm not there yet. That was, yeah, I mean... I want to say, I don't know. I, I tell you what, though, I will say this. I I could do that. So I could do that because I am always thinking about like, but why? Like, why is this happening to a person? What is going on with them? And I think that I would have tried the, the soft route first. But let me tell you what would have switched it up is if somebody, I do so good at being soft and vulnerable and sweet to folks until people give me an attitude. And then I thought, well, see, I tried and you did. And that's where I need a little more Jesus in my life. In my life, I'm not speaking about your life. I'm speaking about my life. In my life, when I try to go to Jesus route and Jesus seems to be on the main line, but they don't want to pick up, I go on and call myself. And they pick up when I call. Um, But that's not right. And I want to be more like this man, Aubrey Fontenot, who we are giving a hail, Joseph, because I just thought that was dope. Karina said, wow, totally, totally agree. I tell you what, Bishop Jakes couldn't have done it. Teray probably. Let me tell you something. Teray is one of the just kindest people I know. And I think that he would have done that. I think he would have done the same thing. (laughs) And he would have been calling me. And let me tell you, I would have been all gassed up like, yeah, baby, go up there and wreck shop. Like you go on and get that thing back for the kids. And then he would have called me like, babe, you're never going to believe what happened. God really moved. And I'd be like, child, you ain't whoop nobody. He ain't, you didn't take your belt. But he's, he's always looking at the deeper meaning too. Um, Raquel says, there's always a reason for a kid's bad behavior, certainly. Janae says, hail Joseph because I'm not there yet. Let a bully try me. Quatisha says, yes, but I lose all understanding about my seat. Me too. Uh, Jeanette says, hail Joseph, Sister Sarah. I'm a teacher and I applaud this parent's approach. I do too. Nikki Williams says, two birds with one stone. It's a lesson for the bully and the bullied. Compassion and communication. Nikisha says that's absolutely commendable and a word for sure. So um, that we're giving a hell, Joseph, to Aubrey Fontenot. 
for that incredible story. The next one I saw on Yahoo, because I just want y'all to know I'm very eclectic with my news stories. It ain't just the shade room. I look at everything, okay? And I was perusing through Yahoo and saw a story that I wanted to share with you. A suspicious mom who followed her instincts helped prevent a mass school shooting. On Wednesday, Cole Burrell Bull of Lumberton, New Jersey, woke up to a racist message on Facebook from a man in Kentucky. It was really vulgar. He called my kids the N-word and hoped terrible things for them. The mom of three biracial children was especially concerned about the man's profile picture in which he showed off a gun. So going on a gut feeling, she called her local police station and filed a report. Now, after she did this, Cole Burrell, she didn't feel like, I just want to say her name out, Cole Burrell. I think that's her name, Chap pray. Um, But she didn't think that anything was going to happen after she did the police report. So she had her friends dig around on his Facebook page and she called the police station in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, where this person was. She spoke to the officer and shared her concerns. But listen, here's the thing. When local police officers went to the house of this guy, he was leaving his house with more than 200 rounds of ammunition, a bulletproof vest, a firearm, a 100 round high capacity magazine, and a detailed plan of attack. He was headed towards two school districts. This mom trusted her gut feeling and stopped a school shooter before the planned attack. She knows the Holy Ghost. Do you hear what I'm saying? She knows the Holy Ghost. There was something in her spirit that just didn't sit well. And because it didn't sit well, she didn't just pass it on. She kept hunting and searching. And ultimately, she literally saved lives. Yeah, so I was like, I had to give her a Hail Mary. I didn't hear this story at all, but I think it was just a sign to us. Like, first of all, the internet is out here going wild. But secondly, like, there are some things, like, there are some things I read on the in my DMs and my messages where I'm like, I don't, this doesn't sit well with me. And so, I, like, I'll send it to someone on our staff or someone has said something that I think they really need to get some therapy and counseling about. And when I see it, I certainly suggest that they do that because you can't just think that, like, oh, it's on the internet. Like, you, something that I'm constantly reminding myself is that like the people behind the profile pictures are actual people because sometimes when you're looking at it on your phone and you're looking at avatars it's almost like people can become characters but there are actual people somewhere typing and sending those messages like y'all people create those fake profiles of us and it's annoying they're always asking for money it's annoying but the deeper thing for me is like it's also like something wrong with these people, that you are like imitating someone else, asking them for money, sending out prayer requests. Like it's not just a nuisance, like there's a person behind that and that person really needs some help. So I don't know, I saw that story and I like that she, you know, that she followed her gut instinct. Janae says, there was a quickening in the spirit. Yes, yes, mother. Mary Max said, if that ain't divine intervention, y'all better listen to the prompting of the spirit. Let me tell you something, because the spirit will have you out here like, mm, that don't, this don't feel right. Jamie says, that's so good. Real people with real life situations. Such a great reminder. I love that story so, so much. And um, the next one is kind of in that same vein, just people who, you know, ordinary people. A lot of times for Hail Mary or Hail Joseph, we choose celebrities or people who have public platforms. But this week is a little different because I saw so many stories just about humans, stories that can 
make us literally be Hail Marys or Hail Josephs in our everyday life. And this story is no different. This is a police officer who was calming a six-year-old during a homicide investigation. And the mom, after the encounter was all said and done, says there are people out here, especially police officers, that are good. And every now and then, I just think we need a reminder. Of course, there are a lot of police who abuse their power, and we see that on the headlines significantly. But this story, if you guys see it or Google it, um, it's a the person was in Mobile, Alabama, and uh, her daughter is Raygon. And she was telling this story about, um, I guess their cousin had been murdered and the officer literally got down on the girl's level and spent like 30 minutes talking to her. And I don't know about you, but every now and then in this world of cray cray and just drama after drama after drama, I need a reminder that there are like real people out here holding down their corner of the world. People always want to know, like, how am I going to change the world from here? Like, you can change the world with your corner of the world. If you handle your corner, I'm going to handle my corner. And together, we're going to make the world a better place. And it can begin with just straight out kindness and patience and compassion towards other people. So that's I like that story. Keisha says, you was flowing on this podcast, honey. These transitions from one segment segment to another, I live excellence. Come on, somebody. Thank you. Uh, what do you guys think about this story? Have you seen it? What did you think about it? Kimberly Lorraine says, it's hard to love people in this world. It. Let me tell you something. I was talking about this with somebody today. Um, you know, it can be challenging to love people in the world. but. We had to be like Jesus. Like, we don't give out our love because people deserve it. We give out love because of who we are. And anytime we become so polluted by the culture of the world that it's difficult for us to give out love, then we think we're protecting ourselves by not giving out love, but really we're harming the world. And I think that loving responsibly means that sometimes, I said this before, sometimes in order for me to love people, I have to love them from a distance. Because when we are in connection, you make it difficult for me to love you. But from a distance, I can say, you know what? They have their issues. I have my issues. Those issues don't ever cross roads. And, and so I can love you from here. And I think that we have to do that every now and then. Christina says, love you, Sarah. Thank you, Chad. I love you too. Gavon says, I haven't seen it, but that's awesome. I It really is. Uh, Natasha says, hail Mary to you, Sarah. One of our loose masterclass. Y'all know how I feel about talking about me. Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. So that was that story. That's all three of my Hail um, Marys slash Hail Josephs for today. And now we are moving to the advice segment of the podcast. And I have some that I think are going to be very interesting here for the delegation. My first question um, is one that I said I wasn't going to do too often, but because it was so intriguing, I thought to myself that I would break my own rules, okay? So here's what I'm going to say. This, y'all be patient, okay? Be patient. Natasha, I'm sorry. I be really, you don't have to apologize about, I know, Hail Mary, I just, just so y'all know, like, I just don't ever see me making myself Hail Mary, like, no matter what happens in my life, just because, I don't know, it's just a thing. I don't really like 
I don't know that. I don't know. It's probably something I need to work through. And I'm going to stop saying I don't know about it. But it just feels a little awkward for me to be like celebrating myself on my platform. Like I think that my platform is about celebrating other people and not celebrating me. So like it's challenging for me to be like, hey, child, look what I did. I don't know. Except for like if I like lose weight or find a wig grip or my edges start growing back, then your girl is going to have all kinds of Hail Marys because boom. Okay. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, Are y'all ready for this question? Here it is. Hey, First Lady Sarah, for those of you who don't know, First Lady is a way of calling your pastor's wife a term of endearment in church. Anywho, she says, hey, First Lady Sarah, I've been battling with if I really want the honest answer to the question I'm about to ask, but I guess I'm ready to know the truth. I've been dealing with a guy that I went to college with, and he's always been trying to talk to me, but I always pushed away because of the way people would say he was without getting to know him for myself. Okay, so she pushed him away because of the way people would talk about him. So now I'm in a position where he's everything I've prayed for, and I'm continuing to pray for an answer from God to make sure I'm not making a mistake. The twist of the story is he got engaged in January of this year, and we connected in August. He's saying that he feels like God put us together and that we're soulmates, and I feel it too. But the thing is, he's not trying to hurt her, so he's continuing to live in the apartment they live in with their son, who's three years old. From what he's told me, was he was he's he been telling her that he wants to call off the wedding since before we started talking, but I'm confused. Any advice? She wants to know, am I wrong or considered a homewrecker when they're not married and it takes two? I'm not trying to get hurt or make her feel like I took him away. He's already trying to slowly push away so that when they do break up, co-parenting will be easy. Um, so... Do y'all want to talk about um, this question? Um, Here's what I want to say to you. First of all, this is what I want to say. I want to say thank you for sending me this question and being open and honest and vulnerable about this situation because I imagine that it wasn't the easiest thing to send over because it risked exposing what some would deem a questionable situation. Um, I want to say this as gently as possible. And I think whenever you are going to say something to someone that has the potential to um, create any type of hurt, that it's best to say it from a place of experience. So what I'm going to say is this. I have been in a situation uh, when I was in college where I was knowingly dating someone who was engaged to someone else. And I thought to myself, he doesn't really want to be with her. He really wants to be with me. He's just trying to find a way out. What I know now that I did not know then is that I was being very foolish And I just want you to know from sister to sister, heart to heart, like this is very foolish. Um, This is not the way to start a healthy relationship. This is not the way to preserve um, your self-worth. This is not a foundation that you can build a healthy relationship in. 
And I highly, I think that your question about being a homewrecker doesn't even matter. I'm going to just push that out the door because like, child, this is bigger than being a homewrecker. This is you placing yourself in a situation where you have become desensitized to the reality that you are being hurt by your own decision making. Like, it would be so easy to drag him and to say, girl, leave him alone. He's raggedy. He's this. He's that. But there is something within you that has decided that in spite of what you are experiencing, that you are willing to wait and let someone who is living, engaged, and has a child with someone else tell you that he's eventually going to be with you. If you're going to be with me, you're going to need to be with me. And 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 like now, and I mean like move out, pay child support. And even then, I don't know if I would want to be with you because like what? Like, no, like you need time to recover. You need time to fix your heart. You need time to figure out how to co-parent. One of the things I love so much about my husband, part of the reason why I think we have been able to blend our family so successfully is because my husband set a tone between me and his ex-wife very early on that just was like, there was no need for drama. There was clear boundaries. There was clear, like everything was clear. So I could run up and embrace her. We could talk about the kids' homework. And it wasn't because I had to fix it. It's because he had everything positioned properly. Girl, leave him alone. Like, child, girl, when you said that the twist was that he was engaged. Girl, that ain't the twist. That is the whole plot. The whole plot. You, honey, you are the twist. You are, him being engaged is not the twist. You are the twist. And girl, you don't have time to be twisted in a season where God is calling us to be straightforward, okay? Don't, don't be the twist, okay? Um, I want to tell you, that I'm going to share this with the Woman Evolved Delegation, and I'm going to share with you what they're saying. But once again, I don't know if you're fully ready. Karina says he is confused. And get, let me tell you something. God is not the author of confusion. So he can tell you that God says that he is the one for you. But if God really said it, God is a God of action. God is a God of decency and order. And girl, he got engaged in January. Y'all met in August. Like, this has gone on too long. I want, I want us to release him into his destiny, okay? Um, Candace, uh, Ashley says, baby girl, go. Janae says, dear sis, who wrote this letter? You drinking water? You taking your makeup off at night? How's your prayer life? Leave that man alone. Like, girl, okay? Okay, you got to this, you got, it's, you got, it's over, okay? I'm sorry. I want to be gentle. I just want you to know I'm not judging you. You're, I have been in a situation like that before. And if I could go back and tell my raggedy, broken, low self-esteem self something, I would be like, girl, this is all going to end badly. This person, do you want this person to be your life partner? Do you want to build a life with somebody who is building a life with somebody else and got you, you an outhouse and he didn't build a house with somebody else and he didn't made you the outhouse? Girl, get out of there. This is what I would tell myself. I would tell myself, girl, you have some work to do. And what I want to challenge you to do is to not only let this relationship go, but to also ask yourself, why is it that this was so confusing for me? When, dig a little deeper. 
your feelings are in it, y'all probably sexing. Because whenever you sexing, we be sex makes us confused. Y'all probably sexing. Please stop sexing immediately. Because sexing just confuses everything. Okay, stop sexing with this man. Pull your heart back and begin to look at your heart and say to myself, say to yourself, self, why is it that I ended up in a situation where I was willing to sacrifice what I know I want for my life? all because of this person? Was it something he said? Did he make me feel beautiful? Did he make me feel like I had value? Did he make me feel like I had worth? And why is it that I needed that feeling so much that I was willing to look past the fact that he has a family? He has a family. Like, you got to let that sink in. He's got a family. Shani says, you want someone with clear intentions. Warren says, that's a word. Don't be the twist. Summer Creighton says, I want to call the other lady and tell her to think real hard about that engagement. Does she have her number? Let me tell you. Now, Womany Vow Delegation, we do mind our business. But if you want us to get in here, we will roll our sleeves up and we can we can blow the whole spot up if you want us to. But no, we're not going to do that because you got to make this decision for yourself. Okay? You have to make this decision for yourself. Ebony says, I firmly, firmly believe that people do what they want to do. If he truly wanted to be with you, he would do so with absolutely no games for sure. Uh, Leo Mai says, seeing makes us confused. It's the tr- uh, sexing makes us confused. It's the truth. Yeah, she had a time, but she's talking about that second. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. Uh, Kimberly Lorraine says they love to get in your head, especially if they are not tied to God like that. And I just want y'all to know that people say that they know the Lord and that God says stuff. If they don't have the fruit, this is a word. Somebody get your pen and get your paper because I have a whole word for you. Where is the fruit of your relationship with God? You know, that's what I want to see. You say you know the Lord, shoot, Satan can quote scriptures, okay? If you really know the Lord, I want to know the fruit that that relates. Ask him, ask him. He talking about he know the Lord. Oh, really? You know the Lord? Okay, what kind of fruit have you produced as a result? And I don't mean tangible fruit. I mean, who have you become inwardly as a result of your relationship with God? Who have I become? I've become whole. I used to be so jealous of other women. Some of the fruit of my relationship with God is that I am so secure in who I am that I can celebrate other women. What is that fruit? I used to have a lot of shame. Now I recognize that everything that happened to me actually worked for me. That is the fruit of me walking with the Lord. If y'all gonna be with these jokers who say they know the Lord, y'all need to ask the jokers, where is the fruit of that relationship? Okay? Because I wanna know the fruit. I had daddy issues. He healed me. Y'all, he was a lawyer in the courtroom. He was a doctor in the hospital. Where is the fruit? You better show me where the fruit is now, okay? All right. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I just want you to know that the delegation has unanimously decided that y'all are breaking up. Unanimously, okay? We, we don't. Don't ask us about that. We want y'all to break up immediately, okay? Um, so that was my advice question. And I highly, highly suggest that we have fruitful conversations, okay? AJ Pitt says, it's clear that a deep level of healing is still needed in this young lady's part. Let's save her by praying over her and rebuke the confusion that is this here foolery. Yes, okay? Um. In addition to that, oh, hold on, my husband is not. 
I'm just. Hello. Hey, baby, I'm on the podcast. It's okay. Are you okay? Okay, I love you. All right. Let me tell you something. My man, he called me twice. You call me twice, I'm going to pick up. He called me one time, he called me twice. I had to pick up. That's my man, okay? Now, listen, and he got fruit. You know I picked up the phone? Because he got a tree, and the tree got fruit on it. And I'm trying to keep my fruit keeping on on the keep on because my fruit got to ripen up and feed the saints, okay? All right, praise the Lord. Um, That was my husband calling me, but that's fine. That's fine. That's my man. To, um, Listen, okay, so... Our next podcast question, and then I'm going to speed this thing on up because my man is looking for me, okay? Anywho, listen, so my next question for this week came via my DMs. You may be wondering as you're listening, how can I send Sarah a DM? Because I want to know her advice. I need to speak to the Woman Evolved delegation about some things, and this is what I want to tell you. Slide into my DMs. Just know I got a few hundred of them joints every day, but I do go through them, and I try and grab questions that I think the delegation will chime in on. Having said that, here is our next question. It says, hello, big sister. Ever since I've discovered your Woman Evolve podcast, I've called you that. I know that you are busy and might not see this, but if you do, I was wondering if you could give me some advice. My mother and I have been estranged for a while now, and it's bothering me. I've been internally battling with myself on if I should reach out and talk to her, but it always results in me talking myself out of it. Our mother-daughter relationship isn't ideal, but I'd love for our for our relationship to at least be one of communication rather than not speaking at all. Though there are many reasons as to why we aren't communicating, I don't want to reach out to only be hurt again because arguments or debates, as I call them, with her hurt me to the core. Things are said and it basically backfires. So I wanted to ask you about what I should do. I'm completely on the fence about it and I need an honest opinion. So I picked this question. First of all, Brooklyn, I want to apologize that you guys are in this situation. And I want to suggest that you take a moment and really decide why you want to reach out. A lot of times when we've had um, an estranged relationship with someone, when we reach out, we're reaching out because we want the person to ultimately fix it. And I think that when you reach out to your mom, that you have to reach out not necessarily wanting anything in return. And that can be really challenging to do. But I think that if you reach out because you say, I just at least want us to be able to communicate, sometimes it just comes down. It doesn't even have to start off like with a big, you know, conversation, because I think that's a mistake a lot of us make. And I can't wait to hear what the delegation says about this. But I think a lot of times a, a mistake that we make is that we reach out and we try to have all of the big conversations at once. And that can require a lot of vulnerability from both from both parties. And so instead, I suggest reaching out because it's something that you want to do. And I think that at the end of the day, you want to position yourself in a way where you say, I have a pure heart and pure intentions. And if we aren't able to connect, it won't be because it wasn't on my side. 
Having said that, you can't necessarily reach out expecting for her to finally see things from your perspective or to be a different person. Instead, reaching out can simply say, I know we've gone through a lot, but I'm thinking about you today and I love you. But you have to say that in a way where you aren't necessarily feeling like, I hope she says I love you too. I hope she responds in five minutes. Like baby steps just look like this is where my heart is towards you, mom. We've been through a lot. I love you, and I'm thinking about you today. I'm not asking for us to figure out what has gone wrong over the last few years. I'm not asking for you to suddenly see things from my side because I realize through our arguments or debates that that may never happen the way that I want it to happen. But in spite of that, I want you to know that I love you. I honor you. I thank God that out of all of the people he chose to bring me into the world, he chose you. And there are lessons that I am going to learn from our relationship that will help me be a better woman, a better mother, a better sister, a better wife, a better et cetera in the future. And I think that 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 has to be where we land with that. The reality is that like as challenging as a parental relationship can be, it's not like you can forget them. It's not like a, a relationship with a boyfriend where you can just say, I'm walking away from that and I never have to see them again. That person brought you into the world. You don't have birthday. You don't have Mother's Day. You don't have the holidays without thinking about that parent and how things aren't what you want them to be. But I do think that you can find a way to navigate the complexities of that relationship by simply keeping it at what you can agree on. And right now, what we can agree on is that we've gone through a lot, but I love you. But I love you. And that doesn't mean that we can go to brunch every day or that you may be braiding my hair and us sitting down talking about the past, but at least you know that in spite of everything that we've gone through, I still love you. And I think, you know, from there, there may be an opportunity for you guys to end up, you know, maybe engaging in some counseling, you know, maybe baby steps. And once again, I don't know the extent of the estrange of the estrangement, but maybe it's like we can't talk to one another, but let's go to a movie. Let's go to a show. You know, it, it may take baby steps. I you know, encourage someone earlier, like counseling is not just for marital couples, like family dynamics and family relationships. Sometimes you literally can't figure it out by yourself and you need someone who can help you all come to a place of, you know, mutual understanding, even if you can't have mutual agreement. I love, um, there's this episode of Ayanla where she was like dealing with a mom and four daughters and like they're sitting down at the table and then Ayanla has like three or four people just like come in and kind of bombard and shake the table. And then she asks each of them what happened and each of them had a different perspective on how many people were there, on what angle they came from. And it just was a lesson that everyone had the same experience, but not everyone had the same perspective. And in relationships, we have to be willing to realize that even though you didn't see it the way that I saw it, it doesn't invalidate what you saw. And ultimately, me forcing you to see it my way may not be the best use of our time and emotions. Instead, maybe the best use of our time and emotion is that I process what I experience. You do you with what you experienced, and we figure out what's the best way for us to move forward in a way that allows us to have a level of of at least connection where I can pick up the phone and say, I love you. I love you. 
you know? Monique says, this is speaking to my soul. My daughter and I are going through this right now. I'm sorry. I'm really, I'm really sorry about that. Marcia May says, my mother and I did not speak for 12 years. Charlotte Walker says, I've had to realize with toxic relationships with a parent, you have to set up boundaries and set expectations. I've had to realize they can't give you what they don't have. Once you get that stuff, you won't, it won't bother you as much. God really grew me in the relationship with my mother to the point I was able to be there for her when my Gigi passed only by God's grace. I love that testimony. I love it so much. You know, and like, I have a great relationship with my parents now. I think growing up, I had a different expectation on what I thought parenting was supposed to be. You know, my father's had a ministry that has touched the lives of millions, but he did that. You know, that meant he was on the road for a really long time. And I can remember, you know, him coming home and us and my parents have both shared this and us just being like, you know, I just wish that we could go to ice cream with you. Like, I just wish that I knew someone beyond the pulpit. And you know, as I've gotten older, I realized that I needed to, first of all, like (laughs) I've realized so much about that period. I think I've realized that my father did the very best that he could in raising me. I realized that though I saw shortcomings growing up, that now that I am a parent, I see that my father did a phenomenal job raising us with what he had to work with. I realized that with five kids in the house that he was going to be working all of the time, whether it was him on the road or him at a plant and then going to a warehouse. It just so happens that there was an opportunity for him to change lives and what he was doing. And I just realized how challenging it is to be a parent. Sometimes when I have disagreements with my children or my children are telling me what I could have done better, you know, a part of me feels like I, you know, maybe I failed them. I didn't do what they wanted me to do. But then the other reality is I'm like, this thing is so hard. Being a parent is so hard. And if you add other elements of like not having a foundation, not having resources, not having education, being in a system that constantly makes it difficult for you to get back up, having an addiction, having any time of trauma or brokenness, and you have to raise someone else, like it is so, so challenging. And I think forgiving and releasing that person from the expectation to be the white picket fence baking cookies when you got home from school parent and instead saying you literally did the best that you could even if you were a drug addict and I never saw you that was the best that you could that you had to offer because if you had more you would have given me more you literally didn't have it to give and so I forgive you for not being who I thought you should have been and I release you so that I can understand who you are and what you've gone through Ashley A says, I have been and am still treading through this similar situation. God fixed it so my mom moved in with me and my boys. She is seeing how I parent and how my relationship with God has grown and is growing and how I am more patient with her. I'm telling you something. As a daughter, one thing that I know for sure is that just because your parents may not have met an expectation that you had in mind. It doesn't mean that your growth cannot inspire them. Your growth, your ability to forgive, your ability to communicate. Because a lot of times when a parent has disappointed a child, they live with shame. But when that child comes back and says, therefore, there is no shame, no condemnation. I love you. I honor you. I respect you. It gives a parent a curiosity on like, what do you see in me? And how did you come to that place? And you can inspire their growth with your healing. 
And I just think that you should can you should consider that. Kimberly Lorenz says Joyce Meyer had a beautiful testimony about her relationship with her father, too. So I think you should definitely check that out. My friend Karina says, I am on this process, too, sis, and it's a delicate space. Be graceful with your heart and hers and pray for reconciliation. Yeah, I think when you decide to seek reconciliation in that parental relationship, that you have to resist the desire to want for them to fix what they have done and instead go into reconciliation with forgiveness about what was and prayer for what can be. Deidre says, Deidre Fleming says, I sought counseling to get a better understanding of me and my mother's relationship, and it brought so much healing and clarification to me. Definitely, definitely, definitely counseling. Iman says, my mom and I were at odds for a season. Pray for her. Be patient. Remain humble and adjust your expectations. God is able to heal and mend the relationship. If you're struggling with a parental relationship and you're listening to this podcast, I want to encourage you to go on the Woman Evolve Facebook page and just read through these comments. One, I think it's important for us to realize that you're not alone. A lot of times we can see like this perfect BFF example of a mother and daughter relationship and make us feel like we are the only one who've ever who's ever struggled with our relationship with our mom. But I think reading these comments will help you to realize that you're not the only one who's gone through it, but most importantly that healing and restoration is possible. Raina says, people would ask about her and I would say input and I put her in God's hand and I'm praying it worked. We are good now. We're on our way to good. And on our way to good is better than being stuck. So I love that you uh, took the opportunity to share that. And I think that um, issues with parents is a lot more common than we realize, especially mother and daughter relationships. A lot of times in the sake of trying to protect a daughter, a mother, you know, almost like rips the innocence away from the child because I want you to see the real world. And then the mom becomes the enemy, not realizing that the mom was trying to save her from hurt instead of teaching her how to process hurt. And when you teach your daughter how to process hurt, you don't have to rob her of her innocence. You give her wisdom on how to navigate the world. And it definitely is common. That's what Jamie says. Jamie says, these comments, I never knew so many women have the same issue with their moms. So, so many. Ashley says, I was going to send a DM about this and was like, nah, but God will get you what you need even when you are being stubborn. Amen. Okay, so uh, those were my advice questions. And now it's time for a little snacky snack. Uh, a snack is just when we have a moment of inspiration. And I really feel like before moving to the sa- before moving to the snack, that I should take an opportunity and just pray for the wounds that have been open as we've had this conversation. And I just want to say, God, so many of us, so many of the people listening, so many of the people watching have been hurt by parental relationships. God, we've had expectations since we were little kids about what we thought our world should be like. 
And instead, we were met with disappointment when we met the reality of what our life was like. But God, you are so, so gracious and you make everything work out for our good. And so, God, I ask that you would first position our heart to work towards forgiveness, that you would reveal the bitterness and resentment and the pain that we've tried to bury and that we've tried to stuff. And in the process of revealing that, that you would give us perspective on the brokenness that exists within our parents and the brokenness that has been perpetuated on the inside of us. But your son, God, came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. So God, I decree and declare for every broken heart, for every broken relationship, that there is wholeness and abundant life on the other side of it. God, allow us as children to be blessings towards our parents, that we would come to know you and your power to heal and resurrect with such intimacy that it inspires our parents to seek that level of intimacy too. God, be a comforter right now as people are literally just being bombarded with feelings and emotions that they thought they had stuffed. God, I ask that you would comfort them, that you would give them peace, and that you would just give them the assurance that they are not hearing this podcast by coincidence, but they are hearing it because you have a plan to bring healing, restoration, and redemption into their hearts and through their lives. And so, God, I just ask that you would give them wisdom, insight, clarity, and vision that they can walk this process out. In Jesus' name, amen. So I just want to quickly give you all a snack because, you know, that's what we do. Um, So this is my snack for you. Over the last few weeks, I have just been like, you know, I would say it's been like a season of intense persecution and also warfare. So just to define it for you all, persecution for me is when God allows circumstances to position you properly. And in the process of that positioning, the persecution can look like disappointment. It can look like, you know, structural changes. Maybe there's a shift in relationships or things look like they're falling apart, but really they're not falling apart. God is just getting you in a position where he can build you a stronger foundation, but also warfare and warfare is meant to get is meant to force you to quit. And so when you have persecution, God positioning you through painful, um, measures and warfare, um, fear suggesting that you're on the wrong track, it can be very confusing. But something has broken. I feel this for somebody. Come on, somebody. I feel this prophetically, okay? I feel like God is releasing you in this season of persecution and warfare in a way that is allowing you to be anchored in the fact that he is with you, that he has not forgotten you, and that you are not forsaken. Lately, nothing has changed. I still feel like we're going through some persecution. I still feel like we're going through warfare. But I have this strength that's like bubbling down on the inside of me, this anchor, where I feel like I actually am becoming better on the other side of this. I actually am not easily swayed anymore. I think what it is, This is what it is. You are adjusting to the altitude on this level. 
You were stressed just three weeks ago, just a month ago, you were stressed and wondering if you were going to make it. But for some reason, nothing changed, but you changed. And I feel God saying that you were catching up to who he has called you to be, that you were catching up to that version that he has in mind. And the more that you were closing the gap, the less easily you are swayed and deterred to keep from running your race. And I just want to share that with you because I feel it prophetically for me that I am closing in on who God has called me to be on this level, in this season, and in this dimension. And as a result of me closing that gap, I'm not as easily shaken as I was even three weeks ago. I, you know, I think not this week, but a couple weeks ago, I had an attitude problem. I didn't want to rescue people just because I just felt like, Chad, I'm tired. And nothing has changed necessarily, but I have changed. And I like who I'm becoming. I like how I see the world. I like, it's not with bitterness, I'm, but I just feel less naive and more aware of why I am in the earth because I'm called to change it. And when you can get out of the haze of stress and out of the haze of disappointment, and if you listen to the last few podcasts, you'll know I had to make some adjustments. I had to break up my routine. I had to humble myself. I had to let some people go. I had to go through some adjustments, but through the process of me going to that, through those adjustments, I like who I am because coming. And I just want to encourage you guys to get on the good foot, buddy, because we got a world to change. And I can't change it by myself. And we out here and we need you. So if you're listening, if it's counseling, do it. If it's rehab, get in there. If it's stopping the workout for a season so that you can take care, work out your spiritual, do it. Pick up your Bible, get into your word, do what you need to do so that you can ultimately come out on the other side of this because you are not here by coincidence. You are a world changer. There is a purpose attached to your life. And when God breathed air in your lungs, it's because you were meant to breathe God into the world. And I'm waiting on you to release the breath of God that's in you. Okay? child. I just preached a little bit. God, thank you for this time with my sisters. Thank you for this time with my friends. Thank you for constantly showing up in our lives over and over again and delivering to us everything that we need. God, we offer ourselves to you fully. Let there be nothing off limits, whatever we need to do to become that vision that you have of us in heaven. God, do it. Do it through us. Do it for us. Do it with us. Because at the end of the day, we want this world to know that the God we serve is still in the business of changing lives, restoring hearts, unleashing gifts, and ultimately pushing darkness away. We rebuke depression. We rebuke stress. We, re we rebuke fear and anxiety. And we ask that, God, you would give us a plan and a sense of urgency that would allow us to overcome the feelings and emotions that have been keeping us stagnant so that we can run our race. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.